to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Father in heaven, we are grateful and we are thankful. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful opportunity that you have given us to come before you to hear your word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our midst. We pray that you teach us. Amen. Draw us closer to the Lord, Amen. even as we share. We thank you for a wonderful opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. And today we are continuing with our feeding 527. And I'm sharing with you um, from the book Steps to the Anointing. Steps to the Anointing. Last week, we shared from this book. It's a very powerful book. And today, we want to continue. And um, um, today, we are sharing from um, chapter number nine. Chapter nine. And if you have the book, it's in page 56, Steps to the Anointing. It is in the Macarius. So if you have the book, just pull it out and let us share. We are going to read together. Um, from this book. I like it when you preach. So give glory to the Lord. So why don't you turn with me, turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 4, the book of Acts and chapter 4. And uh, I want to read from verse number 13, Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Frankly, I would like to read the whole of Acts chapter 3 and then to verse chapter four, but um, we don't have a lot of time to do that. So um, we want to read from chapter um, four and verse 13. Now, I just want to give you a, this bit of a background so that we can flow and continue with this um, um, story. Now, this is when um, Peter, you know, and John, they had healed this, or uh, they have prayed for this lame man that was by the temple and begging. Do you remember that story? Yes. You know, the beggar by the temple, the lame man that was begging, and they prayed for him, and he got healed, and he was walking, okay? And the people that were around, they were marveled by this great miracle. As I am preaching right now, many of you are going to receive healing. Many of you are going to receive miracles Amen. powerful miracles will flow from the word as i preach and they will come to you so whatever challenge whatever difficulty i feel the power of god upon me that as i'm speaking as i'm preaching it is coming to you directly is bringing you healing it is bringing restoration and is bringing you us so if you have any difficulty any challenge that you're experiencing i i am believing god that at the end of this service you will receive Resolution to that problem. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So Peter, 
Um, now, after this incident, you know, the people were wondering. And then he told them that this deed was not done by us. We didn't do anything. It wasn't us, but it is Jesus. He was healed by the name of Jesus. And that is how you are also going to receive your miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. So many people gathered and they listened to them. They heard them. And then many people gave their lives to Christ. And then the, the high priests, the Sanhedrins and the scribes, they were also around. They heard and they saw how people were gathering around these people and now joining the faith and giving their lives to Christ. And they were very disturbed about the incident. And so they actually arrested these disciples. They arrested them and they gave them some warning and they let them go and they came again and then continued preaching and then they arrested them again. So they brought them, they didn't know what to do with them. Wow. Okay, so this is where we are. So if you will, um, I want to read from um, chapter four and verse 13. And it says, um, I read, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. Okay, they marveled. They realized that they were unlearned and they were ignorant. Okay, you know, sometimes people look at you, they assess you, even the job that you do, they don't know what is in you, and they make an assessment of you that you are an ignorant man, you are yeah. unlearned. You know, sometimes even, there are, especially among foreigners, you know, there are some people, they are university graduates, you know, very intelligent, brilliant people, but because of certain circumstances, they happen to do a certain job, do you yeah. understand? And then people at the job, because the kind of work they are doing, they look at them as ignorant and unlearned. Well, you know, sometimes you find a pharmacist, someone really trained as a pharmacist from wherever he or she comes from, working as a cleaner for one reason or the other. And people think that is an ignorant person. I know a person like that, you well, know, and I don't want to. Or something that is just holding the person from just moving forward in life. And that is how, you know, it is. But the anointing, it is like that, you know, it's in people and People don't know who they are. You know, when God anoints a person, it is not, the person doesn't look like any significant person. Mm. You understand? Because God chooses the base things of the world, you know, and God chooses its insignificant things to confound the wise. Hallelujah. Amen. So the people look, they, they, they look at them and they realize that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. They had been with you. So being with Jesus, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you are learned or you are ignorant, whether you are educated, you become something else. Just being with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Do you see? So the high priest, they have arrested these people. And they realize these people are ignorant men. But then they see that the lame man, the beggar who was on the ground begging, he's standing now. He's healthy. He's looking healed. And they had nothing to do. They could say nothing against it. 
Okay, it says, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Okay, continue. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. So they told them, go out, let's have a discussion. And then, so saying, what shall we do to these men? Now they were disturbed, they said, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed, a notable miracle has been done by them, is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. We cannot deny it, but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Now, I just want to just as pause for just a moment. You know, sometimes as a church, you know, you come to a place and I'm seeing our church in that place where we are not, I'm not seeing our numbers increasing. Do you understand? And we seem to stuck, get gotten stuck at a certain place and you're not increasing. You seem to be seeing the same people, maybe one or two people come and then they are not here and then the same people. Uh, but I want you to understand that when you see that, it, it's Satan that is attacking, that it spreads no more, it spreads no further. Just keep these people. Do you understand? And sometimes even it makes our behavior, he causes our behavior to not be attracted to others. That we don't welcome people, we don't treat people well, we don't follow people, we don't call people, we don't evangelize, we don't visit, and we are the same numbers. Do you yeah. see? So it says, but that it spread no further among the people. That means leave it to be with them. Let the bronze north branch just be this group. I see. Okay. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. So if you are not witnessing, don't think that it is you who doesn't, you know, like to do these things. You are shy or Satan is directly attacking you. Okay. Satan is directly attacking you. The next verse. It says, and they call them. So now they made a plan that we are going to threaten them that they don't spread this news talk about this Jesus to anyone besides this group who have now committed themselves already. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. What a shock. What a shock. Not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God, to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, be the judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Yes. So when they had, when they had further threatened them, do you see? Peter said, Peter and John, they said, whether we are going to listen to you and obey you, you be the judge. But for us, what we have heard, what we have seen, that is what we are going to talk about. Yes. We have seen this powerful Jesus. We have seen the resurrection. We have seen this power. And we cannot keep it to ourselves. We are going to talk about it. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go. Finding nothing how they might punish them. Because of the people. For all men glorified God 
for that which was done. Amen. The next verse. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Okay. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. That means they went and reported all the threatenings. You know, this harsh plans, punishment, this, this threatening that the chief priests and the elders hailed unto them. They went and reported it to their own company. And when they heard that, when they heard that, when the, the, the rest of the church, when they heard these threatenings, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, yes. which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all them that is in them, all that in them is. Who by the mouth of the servant of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Amen. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. Amen. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place was shaking where they were, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow, why don't you clap your hands for the Lord? Isn't it a powerful, powerful encounter? Yeah. I love this scripture so much. Now, you know, from this extract, from this scripture, we want to talk about the seven steps to the anointing in your own company. Amen. Wow. Seven steps to wow. the anointing in your own company. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Seven steps to the anointing in your own company. So step number one, step number one. I read this story to you and I wanted you to get a background and I believe you, you all follow the story very well. Yeah, so yeah. as I'm sharing, I just want you to just um, have the story in mind because that is where we are gleaning these steps from. So step number one, it says know and believe that you can be anointed again and again. Amen. You can be anointed again and again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, it is obvious from the text that Peter, John, and many of the other disciples were present for two of the recordings, recorded anointings of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. If you remember in chapter 2 and in chapter 4, we read about a powerful visitation of the Holy Spirit. And... Here we are seeing that these disciples were there. They were there at that visitation and they were, they are here in this encounter also. 
So now this means that they received the Holy Spirit twice. Okay, they were at the first one and the second one. So they were filled twice. They were anointed twice. They received the Holy Spirit repeatedly. Amen. So the first anointing of the Holy Spirit was recorded in chapter 2, and the second one was in chapter 4 of Acts. And chapter 2, we remember uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the day of Pentecost, if you remember. Yes. Okay, so they were all there. They had this encounter. And now here again, in chapter 4, verse, verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaking where they were assembled, mm. and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they speak the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so we need to understand that we can receive the Holy Spirit many times. We can be anointed many times. Wow. Amen. Amen. Now, somehow, there are some people who have a feeling that there are only five main gifts of the ministry or, and then nine subsidiary gifts. And so they think that, you know, you can be anointed just once. Forgive. You know, there are some people, you see, whenever the opportunity to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit is there, you must avail yourself. Amen. You must avail yourself. No matter how high you reach in ministry. You must avail yourself. You see, Peter and John, they had walked with Jesus. I mean, I don't know anyone else who can be anointed more than just being directly with Jesus. Uh, Do you understand? Yes, they, yes. Were, they were directly with Jesus and they had been anointed. But they, there was another visitation where they were. And when the Holy Spirit came down like flaming tongues of fire, it didn't exempt them that you people you were anointed before you are so there was nothing on them. They also began to speak in other tongues. Wow. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, right. So you can be anointed many times. You yeah. know, there are some people who feel they are so anointed, well, they have been Christians for a long time. That's that even when there's an anointing service, they don't feel like, oh, you know, we are like we have seen this before. Mercy. Do you understand? And it does not matter who is ministering. You realize that when these people came, the disciples were just ordinary people. We didn't mention their names. True. And when they heard the story, when they heard John and Peter tell them these stories, they lifted up their voices to pray. And when they prayed, the Holy Spirit descended powerfully. Amen. And the Bible said the place was shaking. Wow. You understand? So the first step is that understand that you can be anointed many times. Amen. You can be anointed many times. You know, sometimes people complain. There are some certain people, every anointing service, they run fast. They come to be anointed. And sometimes people are complaining. Have you, you, you know yourself. You are complaining before. for like, this sister, every time. Every time. How many times? And folly, and folly. You are guilty. You have said it before, haven't you? That is a wise sister. <laughs> Just as you call anyone who needs it, she comes. And then anyone, and then she comes again. And then you see that her hair is wet. She's dripping with oil and coming again. And how much oil you want? 
but you can be anointed many times. Wow. Hallelujah. So be hungry for the anointing. And each time is available, avail yourself to be anointed. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, number two, embrace, number two, the second step, embrace persecution because it brings out the anointing. Wow. wow. Embrace persecution because it brings wow. out the anointing. Mm. We read Acts chapter 4 and verse 25 to 26. Acts chapter 4, 25 and 26. It says, Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage mm. and the people imagine vain things? Mm. The kings of the earth stood up. And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Mm. So you see, persecution is part of ministry. True. Yeah, it says the disciples experience persecution. Persecution makes you either bitter or it makes you better. True. Hallelujah. Wow. When you are persecuted in ministry, it can make you a bitter person or it can make you a better person. That you are teaching. It brings out the best in you or the worst in you. Wow. Out of the thousands that experienced the wilderness, only Joshua and Caleb emerged with a good attitude. Wow. Do you understand? So what you have to understand is that majority of people, when they are persecuted, it brings out bitterness. Mm. When the people of Israel were in the field and they were being persecuted, they murmured against God. True. They murmured against God. Do you see? And only Caleb and Joshua had a right attitude. Right. When these people were sent, they saw the anarchists and they came up with all kinds of stories. But Caleb and Joshua had a different attitude. So when you will face persecution, it can bring a different attitude in you from another person, but become a person who has positive attitude towards persecution. Amen. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and night. Mm. He came out shining and ready to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord does not tempt us, but he does not test us. He does test us. God does not tempt us, but he tests us. He tests us for our faithfulness. Do you understand? Temptation is not from God. But he tests if you can withhold. Mm. He tests because God's mighty blessings, I mean, there are many people who have received blessings and it has brought them down. It's true. Do you understand? Yes. Many people, they have received jobs and it has brought them down. Forgive. Many people have received certain type of education or degrees or certain amount of money in their life, certain prosperity, and it has brought them down. Many people don't even believe in God because of education. Mm. And sometimes relationships. Do you understand? Sometimes relationships, it can bring you down. And which you may seem to be a blessing, but it will bring you down. Yeah, marriage, marriage, preachers. Yes. So the scripture um, unambiguously teaches us that God leads us through the wilderness to see what is in our hearts. And I believe you all, if you were on encounter service today, the unity service, you heard Bishop read the scripture. 
in Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, he says, And thou shalt remember all the way, all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what is what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Hallelujah. Amen. So sometimes God leads us through the wilderness. Sometimes you walk in a certain wilderness, you're experiencing a certain wilderness, and God is seeing what is in your heart. Mm. And I have found out that the more God leads us in this wilderness, it draws us, if you have the right attitude, it draws you closer to God. Amen. It draws you closer to God because wilderness has a tendency to build humility in you. Oh, yes. Do you understand? This is what God says. He says, whether you to humble thee, and anyone who has humility, it draws you closer to God. Amen. Do you understand? It draws you closer to God. It makes God come near you when you are a, hum a person of a humble spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Persecution will make you either bitter or better. Let your troubles lead you to trust in the Lord and in his power and anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When you are persecuted, it can lead you in two directions. It can lead you in two directions. And one thing that we have to understand is that no one, no one in ministry will escape persecution. Yes. If Jesus was persecuted, then you can bet that you will be persecuted. Mm. Sometimes even people not remembering the good that you have done to them is a persecution in another way. Okay. You understand? And they turn even against you. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, when we first came to the bronze branch, okay. you know, we suffered persecution. Mercy. Suffered persecution. You know, I was so frustrated. I tell you, I was so frustrated. In fact, there was a point in time that I, 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 I regretted that we were sent to the bronze branch. Mercy. You know, there was so much persecution and I found myself praying a certain prayer. I found myself praying a certain prayer, you know, and, you know, there is a type of prayer, I tell you, that you pray, you know, especially when pertain to the church, the ministry, that you pray to the Lord, that it agitates the heavens. Mm. I tell you, it agitates the heavens. You know, these people, when they came and they reported the threatening, if you look in the scripture, what really brought about this prayer was the threatenings. That's true. Do you understand? The Bible says when they heard the threatenings, when they heard how these people were threatening them, they lifted up their voices and prayed to the Lord. I tell you, when you, when you feel persecuted, when you feel you are trying to do your best for the Lord and someone is trying to destroy the church and you lift up your voice to pray, it's a very dangerous prayer. I have come to realize it. Wow. It's a very dangerous prayer. Wow. Because it is one prayer that agitates the heavens. Mm. Do you understand? And the reason is not many people avail themselves to do the work. True. Not True. many people avail themselves to do the work of God. You are preaching. And so when God finds someone who is doing his best, Mm. And mind you, God's people, the ones that they find, they are not perfect. They are not perfect. 
You see, when you see that someone, you know, when you see that someone has gone to the, the, the junkyard or has gone to um, what they call those accident cars where they sell the, all those accident cars and, you know, the auction or they go to, you know, all these places and you see that someone has gone to buy a, 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 an accident car, a RAV4 Toyota 2000 and something that has had an accident. Mm. You, you, do you understand? And the person, it can't even drive. Now the person has to tow the car and bring the car to some mechanic and try and fix it. Don't think that the person does not know that there are dealerships where they sell brand new cars. <laughs> True. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? What a, what a shock. When you look at that car, you may think that, ah, why do you buy a car that has had an accident? Somebody has driven the car, it has had an accident, and look at how it is crashed. And then you have gone to buy it, and you have carried it actually on another trailer to bring it to your place. Don't you know that there are dealerships, brand new cars, 2020 RAV4, Toyota RAV4? Yeah, with better features. Yeah, rubber Toyotas that are there. You see, that, not that the person does not know these places. Not that the person cannot see nice car, mm. but the person cannot afford the nice car. Oh. Do you understand? So oh. the person buys this broken car, mm. accident car, which that is what he can afford. That is what is available to him. Mm. And then he goes and fix it. You know, try his best, fix here, buy this part, buy this. Okay, you need a door, you need this window, put it here, put it here, fix it. Okay, it's moving now, it's moving, but then we hear some noise. Okay, let's bring it back. Do this, do that, fix this, buy this. And then the person gets it finally, Lucy. Finally, the person is able to get the car to pass inspection. Mm. And then you see the person will take it to car wash. And the person will give a detail. Ah, Reverend. You understand? Ah. And then you are looking at the person and say, ah, this car you spend, <laughs> look at you are polishing it like a brand new car. You see? And the person is very happy with the car. Yeah. Now, if you go and sit in that car and you begin to eat your food and making a mess, do you uh, think the person is going to be happy with you? Uh, and say that, oh, this is a used car, accident car that you bought. The person will deal with you. Yes. And that is exactly what God does. Wow. wow. See, that, that is exactly what God does. Wow. It's not that God does not know brand new people. God does not know people without sin. God does not know people who know scriptures. God does not know people who, who have been Christians for many years. God does not know educated people. It's not that God does not know them. But God cannot afford these people. They are not available. They are not there. They are too expensive for him. He can't afford. So he will take the junk one, the junky one, and then he will fix it. It's not good, but he will buy the part. It's the, car, the window is broken, but he will fix it somehow. Put this together here, put that together and mend him and say, it's okay, it's okay, work like that. Do the church, it will work, go ahead, do it. And then you come and sit in the church and begin to destroy it, what this person is doing. Do you think God will be happy with you? At all. God will not be happy with you. Dictate cleaning, dictate cleaning. God will not be happy with you. God is happy with this junk pastor that he has picked oh, up boy. from it, the junkyard that he has put together. Oh. God is happy with this junk pastor who cannot speak English well. 
whose grammar is not proper and you are sitting here somewhere with your degree and you are criticizing. Meanwhile, you with a degree, English scholar, <laughs> God cannot afford you. Mercy. You are preaching, Reverend. What a preacher. What a preacher. You understand what I'm sharing with you? By explaining the scriptures. Wow. So, so these fun. poor, ignorant people who are uneducated, unlearned fishermen who have followed this man and they are doing their best and preaching. And then when they lifted up threatenings against them and threatening them and proposing punishment, when they came and they lifted up their voices, the Holy Spirit just agitated, came down. And the Bible said the place was shaking. Wow. The place was shaking. That's not my anointed. <laughs> Look, my even our own my own experience in this few years in ministry, mm. there are people who are persecuted oh. us in the ministry, and mm. I have prayed certain prayer and I have seen the move of God. I see the move of God. God will eliminate certain persecutions. I'm telling you. Amen. Amen. God will bring certain things. You see, one best thing to do is do not persecute God's servants. Wow. When you are so, in your somewhere, in your apartment, in your don't talk about God's servant. That's all. Don't talk. <laughs> if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. Go to bed. <laughs> but such prayers, such prayers. So persecution, it has its perfect positive effects also. Mm. You understand? Mm. It brings out dependency on God. Amen. And I realized that when I when I was praying, you see, it didn't even occur to me. And I was praying a certain prayer and I said, Lord, you have said you'll build your church. It is not me. You said you'll build your church. Mm. I've just availed myself. Just use me. And I saw God was reshoveling. God was reshoveling and mending the church here and there. And, and then by the time I realized, the face of the church was changed. Oh, the face of the church was changed. God eliminated certain persecutions. If you don't need to be there, God will eliminate you. I'm telling you. Wow. If you are a, a hindrance to the progress of the church, God will eliminate you. Quickly, quickly, quickly. And that is how God built his church. God have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Amen. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Yeah. Enjoying power. So let me give you a third point. Preach on. Just obey God in spite of the pressure you have from men. Uh, obey God in spite of the pressure that you have from men. Acts chapter 4 and verse 20. It hmm. says, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Amen. Okay. Become like Peter and John, who would rather obey God than men. Amen. But Peter, verse Acts chapter 4 and verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Mm. Or you be the judge. Be the judge. You see, this is a crucial step towards the anointing. A very crucial step towards the anointing. Mm. Only obey God in spite of the pressure you have from men. When you stop yielding to the pressure that comes from human beings, you will discover the anointing. Amen. Much of ministry involves going opposite to the way that people want you to go. This is a very important step. 
to receive the anointing. And the anointing, we all need it. Do you understand? Listen to me. Whether you are a pastor or not, when we begin to talk about the anointing, don't close your ears. <laughs> okay? Don't close your ears. Because on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended, it was upon everyone that was there. Hallelujah. And in this chapter 4 and uh, visitation also, everyone that was there was affected. Mm. It means that you need the anointing and you need the anointing also and I need the anointing. True. Hallelujah. Amen. Francis, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. You need the anointing. So for your everyday life, you need the anointing. Anointing is like oil. It's like the, using the escalator. You know, I've shared this with you. When you are working on at the airport, you see how long the, the airport walk is to come from the plane to the, um, the, um, the gate. Mm. It's very long, very. especially JFK or big airports like Heathrow and stuff like that. Mm. They're very long. So when you are coming, there are some times where you have this uh, um, escalator that escalates you. Yeah. The anointing is like an escalator. Mm. So when you step on, you see people are dragging their backs and you, you are walking, but you're passing them. So the anointing adds to you. It aids you to move forward and it surges you ahead. The anointing is also like GPS. Wow. You see, it directs you. You know, you get lost and then it redirects you. And then you get lost again, you know. I mean, listen, without the anointing, sometimes without the GPS, you get lost, you you get lost and then it'll redirect you. So we all need the anointing. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. The anointing is like the GPS that looks and sees further and says, traffic ahead. Take this as it. Do you understand? When you have the anointing, it guides you like that. There's an accident ahead, and then somehow you miss your exit. Or you take the wrong exit. Do you understand? Sometimes you see that something is happening. You are taking off. Sometimes I see this. I mean, the, the family bearing me witness. Sometimes we want to leave the, we want to leave to go home from church, and then some someone just come Reverend, Reverend, one minute, one minute, one minute. <laughs> and then that will be another half an hour. Okay, <laughs> that we stay in church. And then you are all all the shepherds, they are they are soup burning, they are hungry, they want to go home, but they are all waiting. And I see that when we sit on the road and we are coming. Just a few minutes ahead of us, there's an accident. Mm. Do you understand? And you realize the Holy Spirit just delivered us from this accident. Because if we had left the time we left, there's no doubt we have been involved. Sometimes you see five, six, eight cars involved in the accident. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That's right. Yeah. So the anointing, we all need it. We all need it. But the step to the anointing, this step is to obey to obey, to obey God rather than man. And sometimes we feel pressure. You feel pressure. God wants you to, God wants to anoint you to become a great minister. And because of the people's needs, because of what pressure comes from the people, you feel that the people are poor, so you have to preach about finances. 
You feel that the people need jobs, so you have to preach about opportunities and doors. Do you understand? Meanwhile, God wants you to preach about salvation. Maybe this is a message that God wants you to preach about. And God, leave God to be God. Because through his salvation message, he will find jobs for the people. Through his salvation message, he will find children for them that need children. Through his salvation message, he will find doors to be opened to them that need doors. Amen. And you will be an anointed minister of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Disobeying the commandments and the will of God is to remove the anointing from your life completely. That is the first step to lose the anointing. And we saw that in the life of King Saul, when he obeyed men rather than God, because of the pressure that he said was coming from the men, he lost his anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. And one more, one more step. Let me give you one more step. Preach on. Preach on. He says, do not be moved by threats, accusations, and other forms of intimidation. Mm. Okay. Do not be moved by threats, accusations, and other forms of intimidation. Acts chapter 4, verse 21, it says, So when they had further threatened them, they let them go. They threatened them, they let them go. Mm. So if threats and accusations can move you from your calling, then you are not worthy of the anointing. Mm. As you mm. serve the Lord, there will be threats. Constant accusations and much intimidations. Mm. It is the part of the package to be harassed by accusers. Wow. Your motives will be challenged continually. Mm. It takes strength to continue working steadily towards your goal, in spite of insinuations, suspicions, and annoying accusations. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you, when you are in the ministry, if the Anything that they did to Jesus, you have to expect it also. If they accuse the master, they will accuse you. Mm. If they threaten the master, they will threaten you. Mm. But do not be dissuaded from these things because they are part of the ministry. Wow. You will be threatened. People will gossip about you. People mm. will say all kinds of things about you. The Bible says, woe is you if all men like you or love you. So if you are the kind of person that wants everyone to love you and like you, you cannot be in the ministry. Amen, please. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That's right. You cannot be in the ministry. You are preaching. But I tell you that once you are following God, the Bible says that he's not an author of confusion. Mm. There are people who have shown all signs of not liking you and this and that, but... They listen to your messages. They listen. Completely. Secretly, they are listening. Admiring they, are, they are even preaching with my messages. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. It's the work of God. I'm it is the God. work of God. And so we don't have to let these things. I tell you, I will tell you a secret. Let me tell you. Do you, do you. Would you promise that you will not tell anyone? At all. Be promised. Are you sure? Yes, Killer, you are not waving your hand. Are you promising that you not tell anyone? Hey, I won't tell anyone. Look, when when we first started the church, when I when we came to the bronze church, okay, frankly, I wanted to resign. Hey. Oh, I'm telling you, Brother, <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe me, eh? What a shock! I'm what a shock! What I wanted you? to resign. 
Uh, I said, what have I gotten myself into? Because I was someone who was minding his business, you know, quietly, you know, I moved with people. I, I was getting along with people in Manhattan. No one, I didn't have trouble, you know? So then I realized that in the ministry, if all men like you, then something is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? But I tell you, don't tell anyone. Though. Don't tell anyone that okay. I. We'll keep it anyone. a secret. Okay, it's a secret. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But it's part of the ministry Amen. that you will be accused, you will be threatened, you will, you, 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 you. There will be gossiping about you. They will call you different names. Oh, have you not heard some names about me before? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> they will call oh, you different oh, names, but do not let those things dissuade you from the ministry. Do not let those things turn you away from the ministry, but rather go on your knees and pray to the Lord and tell him that, Lord, behold their threatenings. Lord, yeah. look at these threatenings. Lift up your hands upon these things. See the hidden rage. And when you lift up prayers like this, I tell you, when you tell God that, Lord, these people are threatening me, they are making the work difficult for me, God hears that prayer. I'm telling you, God hears that prayer. Amen. I personally am afraid to pray that prayer when I see someone like directly attacking and making trouble. I'm afraid to pray that prayer because it is one prayer that it agitates the heavens and God hears so whatever small ministry that you are in and you are doing it, if you are doing it from your heart, you are doing it faithfully and people are threatening you, people are backbiting, people are doing things to make the work difficult for you, lift up your voice to the Lord and call upon him because it is a step to the anointing and you have to cross that step. You should not let that step stop you. Okay. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Okay. Look. We cannot go through all the steps, but let me just mention these ones here for you and then we'll close. The next one, the, the fifth one, it says, have your own company to which you belong. Have your own company to which you belong. That means that you should, you, you, you should, you should get a company that you mingle with or that fl- you flow with or that receives you, mm. that believes in you. Do you understand? You have to have your own company. And here, Bishop lists seven advantages of having your own company. He says, your own company will believe in you when no one else does. Do you understand? And this is what the disciples did. When the the, the high priests and the Sanhedrins and the scribes threatening them, the Bible says they went back to their own company. Mm. You get comfort in your own company. Do you understand? You go back to your own company. I feel so comfortable when we go to camp and there are a lot of you around. Do you understand? It is like our own company. Yeah, always true. Don't you feel like that when you are in camp? Don't you see that you even sit together? Yeah. You feel comfortable to yell, to scream, to shout. But there are certain people when you sit with them, you can't even clap. (laughs) You see, you feel in your own company. He says, your own company will help you when no one else will. Your own company will accommodate your weaknesses when no one else will. Your own company will like you, as you just as you are. 
your own company will welcome you when no other group is happy to see you. Your own company will cover up for you when you fail or when you fall into their hands. Your own company will lift you up when you make a mistake. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why you need your own company. You have to have your own company. It's a step to the ministry. And number six, it says, pray specifically for power, miracles, signs, and wonders. Beloved, that is given to us by God. Amen. It is given to us by God. He says that he will follow his work, his word, with signs and with wonders. Do you understand? It is what makes Christianity Christianity. It is what differentiates Christianity from other messages. Hallelujah. Amen. It is what makes us different from other religion. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So it is something that is within you. It is, a, it is power that is accessible to you. So pray for it. Amen. Pray for it that God will give you that power that, for miracles, for signs, and for wonders. Amen. These common people, when Peter and John came to these common people, they lifted up their voices and said, Lord, give them boldness to speak the word and follow it with signs and with wonders. And come and see. God came down mightily. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. And number seven, it says, united prayer. United prayer. So, it says, and they lifted up their voice, verse 24, Acts 4, verse 24. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And so united prayer, that is why all night, you know, you know, Satan knows the power of united prayer. We all need to pray and wait on the Lord. It is very important that each one of us will wait on the Lord. But there is something unique about united prayer. That when we gather to pray, there is a special visitation of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Do you understand? And that is why whenever we call for prayer meetings, you should not ex exclude yourself. When we are saying we are all coming, we are having flow prayer night, and we are gathering with a, with a presiding bishop to pray, don't exclude yourself. Okay. Even if you can come and pray for two, three hours, come and pray. Mm. And also when you are praying, and for instance, maybe you have to go to school, you have to go to work, you want to catch some sleep, don't turn your phones off. Leave it to just continue to pray. The presiding bishop is sharing and praying. Let it pray. Let it keep going. Atmosphere. It is a great atmosphere that you don't want to lose. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. It's a great atmosphere that you don't want to lose. Hallelujah. Amen. So you realize that the other, the, 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 there are three of these or two of these points, number Two, embracing persecution and obeying God, and then uh, obeying God in spite of the pressure that you receive from men, and then the threats and accusation, and all of you see these are forces that can stop you. These are satanic attacks True. that can stop you in your track or in your steps to the anointing, and you have to be aware of that. Amen. Be aware of that. That. In your steps to the anointing, there are direct satanic attacks. Okay, it says that they threaten them. So they threaten. Sometimes you 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 are not. Some people, even if you are sharing tracks with them, their threats makes you not want to go for evangelism oh. anymore. 
It's Satan. Okay. And sometimes you feel intimidated. Sometimes people talk about you. Because as for you, every evangelism, you are up, you are there, you are you are show off, you are this, you are that. You 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 don't you have it is all things to distract you and to stop you from reaching the anointing. And do not allow these things to happen. Hallelujah. And the rest of them, they are your personal, personal steps that you need to take to understand that the anointing you can receive in many, many situations and multiple times. Hallelujah. Amen. By the grace of God, this is all the time will allow us to share. And so we want to bring the service to a close at this point. And we'll continue next time we meet. Why don't you clap your hands properly for Jesus? Some people are clapping. Some people don't feel like clapping. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let us pray. Stand to your feet and let us pray. Father in heaven, we are thankful. We are grateful. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your revelation. We thank you, Father, for encouraging us this special way to take these steps to the anointing. Yes. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for our Father. We thank you for the anointing even upon his life, Lord, for such great revelations that you give to him. We are grateful, Lord, for your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Christ. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I just want to pray with you. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. Just lift up your hands wherever you are, and I will pray with you. Wherever you are, say this prayer with me. Repeat this prayer after me and say, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. I have sinned. And I've fallen short of your glory. I've fallen short of your glory. This afternoon. This afternoon. I repent for my sins. I repent for my sins. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my life. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. The rest of my life. The rest of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. From today. From today. I will serve you. I will serve you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me today. For saving me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sing, Sean. Thy God and King To you alone I see We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come and worship with us on the Zoom platform with ID number 823-299-84436 every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God richly bless you.